Uh, let's get our Bibles out. Hey, amen. Let's do this. All right. Number uh, Isaiah chapter 37. Isaiah 37. And the reason we have the speakers up a little bit, we're, um, we're live streaming this. And uh, so I'm, I'm always nervous about the uh, pickup on the uh, iPad. Um, so Psalm, or excuse me, excuse me, Isaiah 37. <clears throat> I've been so bored lately. I had to build another storage shed in the backyard. <laughs> and, uh, I said, you yeah, know, I'm not sure we got the money for this. And uh, well, let's just get started. And uh, how many understand when you start a project, there's a time when you have control over how much you spend. And all of a sudden you lose control. No matter what, hey, you got to stop it. You can't. You can build half a shed and not get done. I'm having the time of my life. Ah, oh, the smell of cut wood. Ah, oh, the sound of a nail gun. I just can't. I, I mean, I'm in, I'm in heaven. Um, in fact, I'm I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm just going to build the, the build my shed in the back. I'm just going to stay there. I'm going to hibernate. No, no, no. Um, but it's been good, and um, I, I thank God for. Uh, the fact that <laughs> Home Depot's still open. Oh, talk about essential. Amen. Come on. Church is essential. Yeah. You know what I mean? How, how can they get away with this murderous stuff? Good gracious. Who, whoever said church is not essential? Only bad guys say that. All right, let's go to uh, Psalm, or Isaiah 37. Let's pray. Father, help us now, please, in this day. Help us as a remnant all over America and all over the world. And I pray that this remnant would be pulsating and growing and big. No matter, no matter what we think, Lord, you can still save people and you can still give grace. And we know that Jesus said there's few people that go through the straight and narrow way through that straight gate. Few people that find it. I wish it wasn't so. I do, God. I wish the whole world would be saved. I wish the whole world would get saved and, and, and come to Christ. But I think that's not going to happen. And I pray, Lord, that, that you'd help us to just be thankful that the gospel got to us and we receive Jesus as our Savior and we believe in him. And now we find that we are a minority in this world. But God, help us not to be discouraged. Help us not to be dejected. Help us not to be depressed over that. Help us to be thankful and vibrate with the, with the love of God. And God, I pray that you'll help us to radiate the love of God to others, that others might be saved. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't you feel special today? That God loves you so much that he opened up your heart and gave you the truth. Don't you feel good about that? Don't you feel good about the fact that you know a lot about the Bible, unfortunately, that the world has no idea? We, we know the Bible. The, you know, the Bible says that um, when Jesus left the earth, he said that I'm going to give you another comforter, the spirit of truth that the world cannot receive. Think about that. So you wonder why, why there's so much controversy in the world. Well, we're, we're kind of a minority. We're a remnant. We really are. 
But we've been given the truth. And the world can't get it. Now, now they can if they come through Christ. But you can't, you, you can't just give somebody the truth that we believe in the Bible and have them understand it because they don't have Christ yet. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit until they come to Christ. But we, we, we revel in it. We, we live in the truth of God. We're children of the truth. We think uh, in the mind of Christ. We have God and we have Christ in us that leads us into all truth. We, we live in the truth. And the world can't receive the truth. Uh, the Bible said there in, in uh, chapter 14 of John, the world can't receive this until they come to Christ. So now, as a remnant, I want you to be encouraged this morning. Look at uh, Isaiah 37, verse 31. And it says here, it says, And the remnant that is escaped out of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. God does a lot of good things with just a remnant of people. He can take one person or a few. He can take a, a many, a, a big group. He can take a crowd. But this tells us that God has no constraining boundaries to his power that he can't do great things with just a few people. And when I found out after I got saved that I wasn't in the majority, that it was a fight almost all my life about uh, contending for the faith and fighting for the truth and finding out that as we knocked a thousand doors, maybe maybe five or six of them would have somebody there that really enjoyed Jesus Christ. I thought, wait, this is, this is, we're outnumbered here. We are outnumbered. By the way, you're outnumbered today. I guarantee you. God's got a lot of wonderful people in this world. And I think we ought to, we ought to thank God. Every time we can get together and every time we can praise God together, as his people, we ought to enjoy that. But you be surprised in the Bible how many times God did something fantastic, just a few people. I want you to think about it. All through the world history, God's people have been a very special remnant. It's not the majority. Only 70 people went down into Egypt. Look at uh, uh, Genesis chapter number 46 with me. Genesis 46. As you look in your Bible, and you'll see just a few people went down into Egypt. Now, let me ask you, what was the world power in that day? Egypt. Where was all the wealth and all the power? It was in Egypt. Where was all the science uh, falsely so-called? Where was all the mysticism? Where was all the cult? Uh, where was all the pyramids and the sphinxes and all those Egyptian people? I mean, it was a crowd. It was huge. The nation of Egypt was big, and they were powerful. They were the majority. But look at what happened. Uh, in in uh, Genesis chapter 46, verse 26, all the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, this was before Moses took them out, uh, which came out of his loins, Jacob's children and his, his family, 
beside Jacob's sons and wives, all the souls were threescore and six. And the sons of Joseph, which were born uh, him in Egypt, were two souls. All the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were threescore and ten. That's 70 people. God started a nation with Abraham. And then when it came time for them to go down into Egypt, there was only 70 of them. This was the Jewish nation. A nation of 70 people. This was the tribe, the 12 tribes of one man called Israel. This was Jacob. They went down in and they, all the people that were related to him. This is how God began the nation of Israel in a place where they were a minority. And that's going to happen to you and me as God's kingdom grows and grows and grows. And one day we will, we will going to take over and rule the earth. But it has to be this way right now that we are outnumbered. Now, uh, I want you to go also and take a look. By the way, I think it was over 2 million, maybe 3 million people that came out of Egypt. When Moses took those people out of Egypt and crossed the Red Sea, there was over, uh, conservatively speaking, there was over 2 million people. And it started with 70. No wonder those Egyptians got nervous about, oh, these people are growing. These people are getting big. They're going to take us over. Let's kill them. Let's get rid of them. Let's kill their babies. Let's, uh, let's, let's slaughter these people. And Pharaoh tried to kill them all. But God was with them. Amen. The 10 plagues of Egypt. Boy, you don't want to mess with God. You don't want to mess with his church either. Now let's look at Jeremiah. I want to see, show you one uh, of, of a few things here uh, in Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he was, the, he was the prophet that was telling everybody in Israel after they had made so many mistakes and forsook God that we're going to be taken over. We're going into Babylon. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. He had God's word, but it broke his heart to see his country falling apart. He couldn't do anything about it except warn everybody. The whole entire book of Jeremiah is a wonderful book. Isaiah said, it's coming. And Jeremiah said, it's here. So Jeremiah was right at the end of the prophecy while the children of Israel were going into Babylon. Now they, now they had to go. Look at Jeremiah 39 and verse number 9. And you'll see a sweet thing that God did. He left a remnant there in Jerusalem. Jeremiah was part of that. And a lot of times we, we, we forget some of these sweet things in the Bible that God did for him. And I want you to know that God's going to take care of you no matter who you are. God's going to love you no matter who you are. You have to be saved, his child. I'm saying people in the church, I'm talking to you. He's going to love you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to bless you because you belong to him. No matter what comes our way. I don't care if another plague comes. He's going to bless you and take care of you. I don't care if another plague comes after that. He's going to bless you and take care of you. I don't care what happens. You, if we have 50 plagues like this. I don't care what happens. I don't care if our country has war. I don't care if we lose all of our food. God can feed you in the middle of a famine. God can take care of you in the middle of a, a pandemic. 
Listen, don't lose hope in God. Don't lose hope in Christ. Christ is above everything. He's above everything. He's high and lifted up. If your heart's broken, if your health is broken, if your mind breaks, I don't care what happens, if, if the country that we live in breaks, if we get, if we get a, a huge problem coming, look at Jeremiah. His whole entire nation was being swept away to Babylon. I mean, they went into the temple and they ransacked it. Everything holy in their whole lives was gone. The temple was destroyed. In many ways, they don't even know where the ark is now. You know, the ark of God was the most holy thing known to man. If you, if you even touched it, you could die. Back in Uzzah's day, he reached out and steadied the ark, and he died. That thing was so holy. Where is it? Jeremiah, he had, he had no idea what was going to happen other than the word of God. His country was dying. But listen, thank God that we have this in the Bible to warn us and to show us God's going to take care of us. Did he take care of Jeremiah? Look what he did. Look at this now. Jeremiah 39.9 says, Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive into Babylon the remnant of the people. Did you see the word there? The remnant. And remained, uh, excuse me, the, and Babylon, the remnant of the people that remained in the city and those that fell away, that fell to him with the rest of the people that remained. But Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, left, here it is, left the poor of the people, which had nothing, in the land of Judah. They didn't have to go into Babylon. And gave them vineyards and fields at the same time. Now Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, gave charge concerning Jeremiah. The king said, you know that prophet down there in Israel? I, I want you to take care of him. To Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, saying, take him and look well to him and do him no harm. Isn't that great? Jeremiah, the one who was crying and weeping and heartbroken and emotionally distraught. His country's going downhill. And the king said, you take care of Jeremiah. You do him no harm. But do unto him even as he shall say unto thee. <laughs> you do what Jeremiah tells you to. Now that's God. Amen. The country's going crazy. And God says, Jeremiah is going to be taken care of. So the enemy of God's people tells his soldiers to do what Jeremiah tells him. Verse 13, he says, So Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, sent, and Nebuchadnezzar, Rabsaris, and Neglashezer, man, and Rabmag, and all the king Babylon princes, even they sent and took Jeremiah out of the court of the prison and committed him unto Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, that he should carry him home so he dwelled among the people. Jeremiah was there till the day he died. He didn't have to go to Babylon. He didn't have to get beat up. He, didn't, uh, he went through a lot, but God took care of him. So the remnant is very special to the Lord. And God did a lot with the remnant of people. Now I want you to go here 
again, after 70 years, there's another remnant that's going to go back to Israel and try to rebuild the temple. Look at Ezra. Ezra, right before the book of Nehemiah. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs. Let's go to Ezra. I'll find it too one of these days. I'll get there. All right. Now, look, look in Ezra, chapter number 9, and uh, verse 8. We're talking about a remnant tonight or today. We're talking about how God takes a few people, does a lot with them, does great things with them, and we're going to see it right here. Ezra, and uh, 9, verse 8. And, and now for a little space... Grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in this holy place. Isn't that, isn't that an interesting statement that he just made there? Let's drive a nail right. Give us a nail. Nail us down here. That our God may, be, may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. Boy. Ezra and Nehemiah got to go back down into Israel and rebuild the temple. And there was just a little remnant there. In the middle of all the hatred that everybody had from, from Babylon down there, who do you think you are? Where did you get this authority? Who told you you could build this temple? Oh, let's, let's uh, Sanballat and Tobiah. Those are two names you need to stay away you can name your dog that, but don't name your children Sam Ballot and Tobiah. Amen? You can you name your dog Judas, but don't name your children Judas, all right? Don't do that. Listen, we've got, we, we've got a remnant here in America. A remnant doesn't believe in abortion. Are you with me? A remnant doesn't believe in evolution. A remnant doesn't believe in climate change nonsense. We are a remnant that believes the truth. No wonder we're a minority. We're truthful. We believe the Bible. My goodness. Guess what? I'm owning it. I own it. You want to call me a Bible thumper? Call me a Bible thumper. Thump, thump, thump. Watch this. I'm a Bible thumper for, for crying out loud. Okay? I am owning it. <laughs> Thank God. I'm a, a minor, minority though. And we're a remnant. But look what God's doing with a remnant. Your family's saved. Your children know God. Your, your, your relatives know you're a Christian. You've been a witness. You're having more effect on people you even realize. You have a track record. You're working for the Lord. You've got, you've got something going on. Did you know what I found out? This is amazing. Every Sunday, when we, back in the BC, B, uh, BC days, before Corona, uh, back in the BC days, uh, we, we, had, you know, we had some people coming to church. But I found out that there's, there's people that are out there listening on the podcast. And one of the messages, I think it was like over a couple hundred people heard it. Now, I wish I could get them all in church, right? 
But there's something God does with just a little bit. I don't mind it. Listen, God, God, God knows that the assembling of ourselves together is the key. It's not the electronic thing that's the, you know, if, if, that's, if that was how God wanted everything to work, he'd just give everybody a computer a long time ago. But that's not the key to life. That's not the key to your Christian life. The key to your Christian life is not uh, how, how many people are listening on a podcast or a, a, a Facebook or all that. That's man's, uh, that's, what, that's what man's doing. Those are devices, and God's using it. But the devil's going to use all that one day, too, for his pleasure. But listen, you know what God does? He, want, he wants communication with each other. And he, he, wants, uh, he, he, he wants you and I to assemble whenever we can, wherever we can. It's in our Constitution. Amen? To peaceably assemble. There's something to that. But we're a remnant. And did you know that even in, in the days in 1620, okay, class, here we go again. The Mayflower Compact in 1620, landing where? Plymouth Rock. And, uh, and uh, do, you, do, you know, do you know the man, William Bradford? He's a great man of God. That was a congregation, a remnant coming out. You, think, you know how our country got so great? It was God that did that. And did you know how he started it? He started with a remnant. He said, well, there was colonies before Plymouth Rock. Not, not as many colonies took their Bible and said, we are going to live for God. And they started churches all over the East Coast. You see, even our great country was started with a remnant. We didn't have the majority. If, if the majority... Of, of, of England had their way, we, we would be England, number two. If, we, if the majority had their way, we wouldn't have a great country like this. We, it was the remnant that did that. Our forefathers, they gave us uh, some stability, didn't they? They gave us a rock-solid foundation to build a country on. And they weren't ashamed of the Bible. They respected the Bible. Did you know they had pandemics back then? Did you know they had viruses? Did you know that the 103 people that landed on Plymouth Rock on the Mayflower, did you know how many died that first winter? Half of them. And there were, there were every kind of person in there. There was good people and bad people. There was everybody. They died. They didn't almost make it. And they found out that communism wasn't the way. It was to be individually free and liberty. Liberty was the name of the game. You would go and do what you think is right and you suffer your own consequences. You build your own farm. You take and grow your own food and don't expect the whole crowd to feed you and all that. And that's where the basics of our, our uh, principles came to, to our nation became great. Amen. We still got a great country. We're just in a fight right now. Amen. We just got a little battle. I'd say if you're a Christian, man, stand strong. Stand up. Don't be offensive. Don't be rude. Just stand up for the truth. A godly remnant, our forefathers in 1779, gave us a constitution. Now watch. Let's go. We're almost, man, I'm doing great. Did somebody touch the clock? 
I, the kids last night were playing freeze tag. Everything in my mind is freeze tag now. Ah, anyway, the cutest little girl, Emma. She she's about four years old, four or five. No, she she's three. Okay, Judd is four. Who had uh, friends over from Brother Cox's church. And this little girl. Have you ever seen a little girl that owned everything? <laughs> Boss. Number one, President Emma, Dictator Emma. She was in the mudroom and through the screen, and poor Jack, he's the youngest, right? So she was bossing him around, and she said, Jack, get in here. And I go, whoa, man, she's got game. And that poor kid, man, I feel bad for Jack because he was trying to be nice, but I could see it boiling up, you know, like, quit telling me what to do, you know. I don't care if you're cute and pretty and you're too young and, um, man, a lot. Oh, my goodness, it was fun. Uh, they were playing freeze tag. Everything was freezing. So somebody touched the clock, I'm sure. I love it. Thank you for turning the clock off. All right, Romans, Romans chapter 9. God has given us a remnant. Now, I hope the remnant, I've been in a church where the remnant was 3,600 people. There's churches in America, they're huge. Some of them are really big. And right now, you know what we're doing? We're flying under the radar. (laughs) We're not, we're flying under the radar, brother. I love it. I love it. I would be nervous if we had 2,000 people at church. I haven't even called Brother Smith yet. He's got 500 people down there. Uh, I don't even want to know what's happening. And uh, you know, the guys say, oh, how, how are you doing? I'm having fun. Oh, wish we were. <laughs> Under the radar. Amen. Keep your head low, brother. Keep your head low. All right, Romans chapter 9. But man, some of the some of the churches have so many people, man. But but God's God, that's a big remnant. There's a beautiful remnant in America. And we're going to be gathered together one day. Look at this now. Verse 27 says this. Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea. A remnant shall be saved. Now that that works nationally. Did you know that the world is really upset with Israel? They would like to wipe them out, right? We've taught that many times. If you don't think Israel is a target for the world, you need to read the Bible. It's in there. I mean, they hate Israel for no reason at all. And though Israel be as the sand of the sea, yet a remnant shall be saved. It's the same way spiritually, too. Though the country of America is huge with 350, uh, 330 million people, yet a remnant shall be saved. We're a rare bunch. We are special. We are blessed. And we're growing. The, 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 the children of God are not stagnant. We're winning people. We're talking to people. We're, I've been able to witness to Brother Arbo called me uh, a couple days ago or texted me. Yeah, he called me. And he said that uh, there was somebody that just looked really down at a supermarket the other day. And uh, he asked, are you okay? He goes, oh, I'm really doing bad. 
He says, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to die or not. And Brother Arbo used that as a way to talk to him about eternal life. And he led him to Christ right there in the supermarket. It's just awesome. You know, people are tender right now. Some folks are bitter. Some folks are fearful. But some folks are tender. But there's a remnant. Now, our great nation, I believe, is, is, is going through a purging. I think they're going through a little filtering, if you will. But, you know, I want you to see this last verse, John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We need to stand fast in the liberty. We need to stand fast in one spirit. Stand fast in the Lord. But look at this, John chapter 8. Lastly, as we depart today, I want you to know, I'm praying for everybody, and uh, I'm praying that God will continue to give us health and, and sweetness. But remember, even though we're remnant, God does great things with, with a remnant. John eight thirty six. If the Son, therefore, shall make you what? Free. Isn't that great? Ye shall be free indeed. We are still free because we're saved. Enjoy your liberty. Enjoy your freedom. Enjoy the fact that even though we are a remnant, we are very special in God's eyes. Didn't take much to start a nation. Didn't take much to cross over uh, Jordan and go in with Joshua, take the promise. It didn't take much to start America. doesn't take much to, to build a church either. It doesn't take much to start a family. God can do a lot with a little. We're free. And let's thank God. Let's hold on to it. Let's bow for prayer. <coughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this day which we thought would, might not ever come. We, we wondered if it would come. But we thank you for the leadership in our country. We thank you for our president. Although he's got a lot of faults, I believe, Lord, with all my heart, that he really does love our country and he loves freedom. And thank you for that. And Lord, we pray for the next president when, when he's too old to, to serve that they might give us leadership and guidance and love and, we, and service. We pray for our leaders above us that control our lives in such a tremendous way. We pray that they would come to Christ. But if they don't, Lord, we pray that you, that you would bless your remnant, bless your special people, your children, the sheep of your pasture, we thank you for this wonderful day. And I thank you for my church. I thank you for my friends and church members and loved ones. And I thank God for this day. We pray that we would grow uh, gently and securely without any problems, without any people uh, being sick. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's take our...